G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to respond appropriately to this unprecedented time of uncertainty in our world. I think we're in a moment of time where people are more open to the gospel than any other time I can remember because they're scared. They don't know what the future holds. This is a moment for us to engage them with the gospel. So seize the moment. It's going to be a new normal. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. With all that's happened in the last couple of months, many see it as a setback or worse. But could it be that the setback is really a starting block for a great new chapter in our lives? Could it be that this is the beginning of a time of great spiritual awakening for our nation? Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to be ready for what God wants to do. It affects us, it involves us, it requires us, and it will bless us. Let's see how we can be part of the action. When I was in high school, I liked to run. I was a good short distance runner. And uh, my oldest son, Christopher, was a runner as well, but he was more of a long distance runner. So I would take him to various track meets and I heard a little rumor that they were gonna have a race for the dads after the kids had run. So I went down to the uh, store and I bought myself a brand new pair of Nike Airs, you know, the latest edition. And I thought, I'm going to get out on that race and it's going to be like the old days. I'm going to wipe out the competition. So I had the shoes and the trunk of the car in case there was this race. And sure enough, they made the announcement, hey, uh, you uh, dads out there, we're going to have a race for you. And I was so excited, I put on my brand new shoes and I I went to the starting line and I started sizing up my competition. A lot of pot bellies. I thought, this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna destroy everyone out here. And so they said, on your mark, it said, go. Starter pistol and everything, bam! Everybody takes off. And all of a sudden, all these old dudes are passing me. I'm going, wait, wait, wait. I can't believe these guys are so fast. So I'm, I'm sort of pouring it on and everyone's passing me. Children are passing me. Inanimate objects are passing me. I thought, okay, I've got to do something. Now, whenever I've run, I have, I don't know how I describe it. It's almost like a turbo button. I can just say, now. And there's an extra release of energy. I basically hit the turbo button and still I was being passed. And I'm like halfway into this race and I realized not only am I going to lose, I'm gonna lose horribly if I can even make it across the finish line. So I just walked off the track, walked off. Someone said, hey, I thought you were in the race. No, I wasn't really that committed to it. And that's how some people are in the race of life. The Bible uses the analogy of running a race on 
more than one occasion. And it really doesn't matter if you run this race of life well, and by that I'm using it as a metaphor for knowing God and having a relationship with Him. It's not just enough to run the race. You have to finish the race you have begun, and that takes discipline. Now that brings us to a text I want to kind of dive into with you. So go over to Philippians chapter three now and turn to verse 12. Paul writes, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus is laid hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. You might underline that phrase, this one thing I do. Forgetting the things that are behind, reaching forward to the things that are before, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And if you are mature spiritually, you will have this mind. Powerful words. The race of life. We're all in it. The moment you became a Christian, you entered this race. And I want to share with you now some principles on winning this race of life. Principle number one. You must be dissatisfied with where you presently are. You must be dissatisfied with where you presently are. Paul says in verse 12, not as though I have already attained or am already perfect. Another translation of what Paul says in Philippians uh, chapter three, verses 12 to 14 is, quote, I'm not saying I have this all together. It's a modern translation. Uh, or that I have it made, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has reached out to me. Friends, don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning me onward to Jesus. I'm not turning back. I'm off and running. Point number two, get rid of extra weight and things that would slow you down. Again, get rid of extra weight and things that would hinder you. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a pack rat. Like when we travel, I'll take two of everything. Uh, so I'll have two charge cords for my computer, two uh, of whatever else I need. And my wife will say, why do you bring all that stuff? I say, I just like to always have an extra. The problem is if you're in between flights and say you're carry-on and you're rushing from one gate to another, that slows you down. Now we're in the race of life and we have to look at things that we do, things that we're involved in relationships that we have. And we need to ask ourselves this question about a relationship, about a pursuit, about a hobby, whatever it might be. Ask yourself this, is it a wing or is it a weight? Does it speed me on in the race of life or does it actually slow me down? And we're told there in Hebrews 12 that we're to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Number three, we must run this race of life with the right motive. Paul speaks of only one receiving the prize. We're going for the gold. And there's a reward waiting for us in heaven. But I'm not running the race for the reward. I'm running the race for Jesus. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, my determined purpose in life is that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. It's not enough to know about God. You need to know God himself. 
Bringing me to point number four. He had a clear objective when he says this one thing I do in verse 13. This one thing I do. The one thing was Jesus. Following Jesus. Knowing Jesus. That's what we should focus our attention on. So when I'm in the race of life, what keeps me going is I see Jesus. I'm not running this race for people. I'm not even running this race for whatever heavenly reward I may receive. I'm doing it for Him. Principle number five. And running the race of life well. Don't look back. Don't look back. Paul writes in verse 13, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forward to the things that are before. Forget. Now look, you need to understand that when you sin, and when I sin, and when we sin, we need to ask God to forgive us. But know this, when God forgives you your sin, He forgets it. He says, there are sins and iniquities while I remember no more. Corrie ten Boom, a wonderful woman of God, once made this statement. God takes our sins he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness and he posts a sign that says, no fishing allowed, end quote. Listen, your God has a big eraser. And I wonder some of you who are watching us right now, if you have the assurance that your sin is forgiven, or are you dragging it around, a heavy load of guilt that you face each and every day? You try to drown it out with alcohol. You try to numb your mind with drugs. Or you just are endlessly just having the television on and noise on and just things that distract you from the guilt that eats at you each and every day. I'm telling you, you can have your sin forgiven and you can have your sin forgotten. And I'm gonna tell you how that can happen in just a few moments. But God wants to do that for you. But don't, don't drag excess weight and don't look back. Uh, leave your past behind you. Uh, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. <laughs> Why should I remember Lot's wife? Well, there's a story that says that Lot and his family in the book of Genesis were delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah. They were told by the angel, don't look back. Don't look back when the judgment of God came upon the city. So here's Lot, his family, his wife. And we read Lot's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. So Jesus says, don't look back. What's the point? Don't live in the past. Live in the present and move forward toward the future. But she looked back and sometimes we look back. Old sins cripple us, but sometimes we're living in the past. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, I want it back like it used to be. But instead of letting that stress us out, instead of merely seeing the obstacles, I want you to, for a moment, look at the opportunities that are before us. I think we're in a moment of time in American history where people are more open to the gospel than any other time I can remember because they're scared. They don't know what the future holds. This is a moment for us to engage them with the gospel. So seize the moment. It's gonna be a new normal. So good to have you with us today on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And today he's sharing half a dozen principles on how we can run our race successfully for Jesus Christ. Really practical stuff from a message called The Race We Must Win. 
Let's get back into it. Let's sum up the points we've looked at and then we'll come to our last point. So number one, be dissatisfied with where you are. Always recognize there's so much more to learn, so much more growing you can do spiritually. Number two, get rid of excess weight that would hinder you or slow you down. Thirdly, run this race with the right motive. Uh, Number four, have a clear objective and focus. Uh, Five, don't look back. And now here's the last point. Press on, keep running, even when it gets hard. Paul says in verse 13 of Philippians 3, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He uses the Greek word agonizo. (laughs) Guess what English word we get from that? Agonize. Yeah, it's hard. If you're running a race and you're coming toward the end, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're perspiring, you don't feel like you can go on another moment, you realize I'm almost at the end. I've got to finish this race I have begun. See, when I started this message, I talked about how I walked off the racetrack. I didn't finish my race. Paul made this statement in 2 Timothy 4. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the race. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the righteous judge will give to me in that day and to all who love his appearing. How are you doing as a follower of Jesus? How are you doing in the race of life? Are you winning or losing? Are you gaining ground or are you losing ground? I mentioned uh, the race that my son was running in the beginning of this message when he was a young man. Well, uh, a number of years had passed and we were on the beach one day walking along and, and even though he, he was a young man and I was older, I could still beat him in a race and I took a lot of pride in that. And so I, I said, hey, Christopher, let, let's race. And I picked a spot down the beach that sort of favored me because I knew I'd run out of energy about the time I hit that spot, but I knew I could sprint and beat him. And so I said, let's race to that spot. He said, okay, dad. On your mark, it said, go, boom, I take off. And he's, he's fast. He's right up with me now. Oh, I'm surprised. Hit the turbo button. Remember that turbo button I supposedly have? Hit it, boom. He sped right by me. He won that race. I said, well, you finally beat me, didn't you? So um, 12 years ago, my son was called home unexpectedly to heaven. And so he beat me in the race of life I always thought that I would go before him. That was an unexpected thing. But I know that I'll see him again in heaven because God has promised me I will. A David, who lost a child, said, he cannot come to me, but I will go to him. And when a Christian dies, they go to heaven. And for those of us that believe in Jesus Christ, we will be reunited with our loved ones in heaven when we die. But listen to this. It may even happen before we die. Because of 1 Thessalonians 4, the apostle Paul writes that the dead in Christ arise first and we who are alive and remaining will be caught up together with them in the clouds in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That phrase caught up is from a Greek word harpazo which means to be taken quickly or taken by force. And it's translated into the Latin word rapturus, and that's where we get the word rapture. You've probably heard of the word rapture. So basically what this verse is saying is there could come a moment in time in our lifetime where we're going about our normal business, and suddenly, so quickly, we can't even measure it in human time because it's not in the blinking of an eye, it's in the twinkling of an eye where 
hurtled into the presence of God and immediately reunited with our loved ones. And that's why Paul wrote at the end of that statement, therefore comfort one another with these words. See, as a Christian, I have hope. I have hope. And yes, a Christian, when we lose a loved one, we grieve, we're sad. Maybe we grieve even more than non-believers because our love is so strong. But having said that, we don't grieve hopelessly. We grieve hopefully because we know there'll be a future reunion. Do you have that hope? Has your sin been forgiven? Let me ask you a blunt question. If you died right now, would you go to heaven? And do you know that for certain? See, heaven is not for perfect people. Heaven is for forgiven people. And I think sometimes we may think, well, if I live a good life and I'm a good Christian, whatever that is, that I'll go to heaven. No, actually, heaven is for people that have asked God to forgive them of their sin. And the only way to be forgiven of your sin is to acknowledge it's there and to turn from it. Or as the Bible says, repent of your sin. And the Bible promises times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Could you use a little spiritual refreshment right now? You're just beat down in life, filled with guilt, wondering what's gonna happen to you on the other side. That can all be resolved right here, right now. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you wanna be forgiven of your sin? Do you wanna go to heaven when you die? Do you wanna get rid of your guilt? Then you need to ask Christ who died on the cross and rose again from the dead three days later to come and live in your heart and life because Jesus stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Would you like to ask Jesus to come into your life right now? If so, I'd like to lead you in a prayer, a very simple prayer. So what I'm going to do is I'm gonna pray a prayer out loud. And I'm gonna ask you that want Jesus to come into your life, you that want your sin forgiven, you that wanna know that you'll go to heaven when you die, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And God will hear this prayer, and God will answer this prayer. So pray these words after me right now. Just pray this, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sin now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as my Savior and Lord, as my God and my friend. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer for those making a decision for Christ today. And if you've made that change today, we'd love to help you to begin your walk with the Lord. We'd love to send you something that we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge or any obligation if you've made that first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just contact us and ask for it. The New Believers Growth Packet. Call one 800 Well, on Monday, Pastor Greg helps us to draw closer to Christ when the world around us is filled with uncertainty. Some really good and practical insight on Monday at the same time. In the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. This is the day, the day when I...
Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Race We Must Win. Go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 